Hello and welcome to Promoted and Paid. I am Samuel Lawrence, your host, and I'm really excited to take you through this podcast series. I've got some great nuggets of information to share with you and also some really good interviewees that I can't wait to share with you also. This podcast was born because I get a number of people messaging me, stopping me to ask for information on how I got to where I am, what they need to do to get to a similar place or even better. And I thought the best way to do that is to start a podcast series. So I'm really glad you're here and you're ready to listen. I hope you got something to take notes with because this is not going to be like anything you've heard before. So promoted and paid is all about being able to raise awareness and give people information that will help them get promoted and get more money for what they're doing today. The podcast series are split into different sections that allow you to really focus in on special areas of understanding. And my interviews with the interviewees are all about picking their brains on what they use to get to where they are and the things that they think about when they're hiring people or firing them in their own businesses and the businesses they work for. We really hope that through our experiences, you will be able to garner your own information, get your own style, go out there, get promoted and get paid yourself. So episode one is called Help, I Need a Promotion. Really excited about this one because I've been asked this countless times. I've helped tens and tens of people get promotions, get more money when it comes to their pay review. And I'm really going to share with you some principles on this episode and on three other episodes, specifically tackling this point on how you get promoted. People from all types of backgrounds are asking this question. From diverse backgrounds, not even limited to to race, gender or age, all the way through to underprivileged and even privileged people that are coming into organizations, into the corporate world and trying to understand how they get to the top. What I'm going to do in this series is really talk about principles I've used and what I've advised others to do that has worked for them. Before I get into that, just a little bit about me, the vice president of the technology arm of one of the world's largest property companies. And I've been on my career journey for a number of years now, and that's why I want to share this information with you. So where did my journey to where I am today start? In 2011, I was working as a logistics consultant. I had a degree in accounting and finance, and I thought to myself, what could I do next? You know, where should I go? You know, I'm driven by, by money. Like some people are driven by job satisfaction, sustainability, various other factors. I've got a number of factors that drive me. I like giving back. I am highly driven by sustainability, highly driven by what companies are doing to be socially responsible. But when I boil it down, I just wanted to earn some money. And, you know, you shouldn't be afraid to say that. It's good to know um, what you're in a particular job for. And so um, I wasn't doing too badly as being a logistics consultant, but I was thinking in 10 years, 20 years time, where do I want to be? I decided to get into technology. I knew nothing about technology. I didn't know what companies were good, what companies were not good. I had no idea. So then what I did is I looked around on LinkedIn. Uh, No, it wasn't LinkedIn. It was Indeed. UK, and I thought, right, I need an entry-level role that will get me into tech. After doing some digging, I found a role that said junior support analyst for a Canadian company. Now, this was really surprising for me because I was thinking, well, I've only worked for British companies before, haven't worked for a, a global company. 
But I thought, do you know what? These guys might give me a chance because they don't really know EMEA that well. So EMEA is Europe, Middle East and Africa. They wanted to start with the UK as the hub. I thought, well, these guys will probably be thinking, not that they'll be desperate, but they'll be thinking, well, if this person is good at maths, can pick up on new concepts quickly, I thought I'd be in with a chance. So I applied and I remember getting that call from a plus one, like, I don't know what it was, 401, something, something number. It was a call from the US saying, hey, you got the job. And I was like, wow, this is fantastic. But you must be wondering, like, what tactic I used to get in, right? And so the tactic I used was, I thought, right, I'm going to go in ground zero. I'm going to lowball the salary that I want and everything just to get into this company so I could get into tech. That was my goal. So it's really important to understand what your goal is. Get into an industry that you want to get into, but sometimes you have to take a step back. So I went from being a logistics consultant to a junior support analyst. What does a junior support analyst do? They're the ones that fix the problems. <laughs> so whenever you have a problem with the software, you call in. I was on the other end of the phone saying, switch your computer on and off, reset your license key, all that stuff. And then it started to move into, well, I have a problem with my financial modeling on my property. And then I'd say, right, okay, let's figure this out together. So they would tell me what they were trying to achieve. And then I would tell them how the software works to get them there. But that took hard work. That took me, I later on went and did a diploma in property investment. Got to, I read books, got to learn about commercial property because these guys were using terms and synonyms that I didn't understand. So I had to go and read about it so I could be better. But what ended up happening was that I grew through that company and made a real success of it. And I'll come back to that in a second. But really what I wanted to talk to you about is understanding the level that you are and what value you bring today. That's what I went in with. I went in saying, I'll, you can pay me the least because I don't know anything about tech. I don't know anything about property. And this is prop tech. It just means property technology. So my very first principle is self-awareness. Understand the level that you are and what you are bringing to the business that you're either in or going to. I was a logistics consultant trying to get into a senior position in tech. I didn't go in saying I want to be a technology consultant because I wasn't ready for that. I took a step back. And it's really interesting, like the person that hired me back then, we later became, we're a friend, we've been friends for years now and actually helped him to get into the job he's in now as a head of consulting job. He sent me and said, Sam, you're not going to believe this. I found your first review for when I hired you. And I said, great. Okay. Yeah. Show it to me. In black and white, I kid you not, I wrote this. I've come into this company at the lowest level possible so I can prove to you what I can do. But now I have done that and I deserve to be paid the most. I wrote that in my annual review. Can you believe it? But I wrote that because when I went in going in at ground zero, I knew where I wanted to go. I knew I didn't want to stand still. And you should understand that too. When you are going for a promotion or you're moving to a new business, don't just think about today. When I say self-awareness, it's understanding the value you bring today. You know, you picture that level. But that's not where you want to stay. It's all about getting to the next level and the next level and the next level and whatever it is that drives you to get there. I opened up to him and said, I was driven by pound notes. So I just, I wanted to be paid. I looked and said, right, who are the people that are getting paid the most? I want to go and do that. Because there are some people that are very good at something specific. 
I've got a friend that is so good at art. It's so clear. That is their gift. But with me, I felt that if I turn my hand to something in particular, I can do well. I didn't want to say, okay, I'm going to 100% be this particular role or this particular type of title because I wasn't sure if that's where I could maximize on the monetary value. I looked at it. I spoke to people. I even went to the point where when I was on my journey very early on, I'm, I'm digressing a little bit, but bear with me. Very early on in that journey, I would look at people that I thought may be wealthy. Now, you can't always tell because you can get cars on finance, watches on finance. They could be deep in debt. But I can see somebody that looks, kind of looks like they're doing well. They've got a great big house or something like that. Then without being intrusive, I'm going to speak to them and say, what do you do? And I kept coming across people that said, I'm a sales director. I'm a vice president of sales. I'm C-suite. So that's chief executive officer, chief marketing officer, chief finance officer, chief information officer, etc." I thought to myself, right, at this age, unless I build my own company, I can't be the chief exec, but I can definitely work my way up in a sales organization or, and this is sales of all kinds, right? So there are people that are property brokers, they're in sales. There are people doing trading, they're in sales, like getting people's money and investing it somewhere else. There are so many different ways of getting into sales, but it always seems to be like sales. So I'm not advising you to get into sales. I'm just giving you an insight into what I was thinking. Not talking down on any industry whatsoever, because you may not be driven by what you earn. You might be driven by just being happy to get out of bed in the morning and go to work. I was not happy getting out of bed with a quota on my head. <laughs> it's a little bit different now because the pressure comes to me in a different way. But at that time, saying you need to bring in X amount of dollars, that wasn't fun for me. But it was what was really fun was getting out there, going on the hunt, closing the deal dragging the customer along with me to sign the papers. That's what drove, drove me. So look, I'm a different person. You're a different person. Figure out what drives you is what I'm saying. Going back to the self-awareness point, I've even had people come to me. There were, actually, there was one particular guy and he said, I want a city job and I want to be paid 50 grand a year. And I said, well, okay, so what's your background? What are your qualifications? And when he told me, I said, if you were the owner of a business and somebody came to you with these qualifications, these backgrounds, would you pay them 50 grand a year? And he was like, well, it depends on how much I'm making. I said, yeah, but you need to think, it's not really about how much you're making, it's about the profit that comes out at the end. Do you think that paying somebody 50 grand with that kind of background is going to be a good return on investment? And he went silent. And so that's why self-awareness is so important. I'm not saying he's not worth 50 grand. Look, to be honest, he's probably worth a lot more than that. Like he, in terms of internal value, in terms of where he could be in many years' time. But what he brought today to the table did not reflect paying him 50K. It's a lot of money. He went back and reflected, you have to be realistic about the value that you bring to that position, to that company, where you are, right? Or where you're going for. So self-awareness is difficult, right? So some ways to get some understanding of who you are, where you are, in terms of professionally, is ask some people around you. If you've got people around you that are professionals that can help give you insight, that is so important. That's why your network is so important. I'll talk about network on another, on another part of this series. But understanding from people around you and say, what do you think I'm good at? Just tell me, am I good with people? Am I good with numbers? Am I good at something else? 
Because sometimes what's really hard is being very truthful with yourself, looking internally and saying, this is who I am and I need to deal with it. But that is so powerful because if you can understand where you are today, it means you know, you can then put a plan in place for where you want to be tomorrow. As I said before, looking at, I went to study property investment. I even did a master's in computing to get to understand tech a bit more. But had I not been self-aware, I wouldn't have known I needed to do that. I would have just kept trying and hitting a, a block ceiling, trying to get to my next promotion, trying to get to my next place without having a solid plan because I wasn't self-aware. So if you've got people around you that you can trust, that you can value their opinion, and I always say don't ask one person, get a few people. The reason I say that is because sometimes it's not just about the one person's perspective. You do need to get information from different places to make sure that it's pure, to make sure that it's right. You know, you don't want someone that only looks at you from one lens. So if you've asked your mum, ask your sister. If you've asked your sister, ask your cousin. If you've asked your cousin, ask your friend. And then also, which is really important, is people that you work with. Now, that's a really important point because the people that you work with actually know you professionally. Who I am at home is not who I am in the office. And it's not because I'm trying to be a different person is because I have to be militant, but I need to be on top of things at work. I can be a bit more relaxed at home. I can be a bit more playful. I can be a bit more chilled. And so the people that you work with is really important in terms of feedback. To gain self-awareness, feedback is really important. Another piece that's interesting is asking people that you used to work with. And this point is really funny, right? Because I was talking to somebody and I said, he said, I want to be able to take that senior role. And I said, have you spoken to people that you used to work with? Because they'll be a bit more honest with you. You don't, They don't need to please you anymore. You don't need to please them. It's a level playing field. They'll be honest with you about your weaknesses. I said, do you know what your weaknesses are? And he said, well, I think they're this. And I said, but, but have you asked? Have you checked it? Because you'll be surprised. I did this and you have to put emotions aside. It's not about your emotions. You're trying to get somewhere. You're trying to be promoted. You're trying to get more money. Don't worry about your emotions in this. You go to people and understand and say, well, where was I not very good? And, and do you know what's funny? So I'm just being open with you. In my nature, I am generally quite laid back person. And so because I can be a laid back person, I spoke to somebody before and said, right, you know, I'm managing a team now. When I used to work with you, what did you think? What was my character like? And then she said to me, you're very laid back. Okay, because that can be seen in my team, in my new team that I'm going to manage as um, I don't care or they can be chilled or something like that. But the thing is, it's not that I am laid back. I just come across that way in my nature, right? When I should be stressed and pulling my hair out, I don't get like that. I'm calm. And so that comes across as me being laid back. So that was key information for me in how I treat my team. Now, I'm not saying that I pass on the stress to them because I also don't think that's right. But I didn't want them to see me in my coping mechanism and think, oh, he's laid back. There's no issue. That's something that I had to fix and address. So going back to my point is speaking to people that you have worked with before to understand what your strengths and weaknesses are. Very, very key. It doesn't matter whether it was um, in McDonald's or it was in an office. Speaking to people to understand how you were is, is absolutely key so that you can work on it. And look, if, you, if they say, look, you've got no weaknesses, everything was great, we enjoy working with you, etc. I hope they're telling the truth. 
but there's got to be something that they that you did that they didn't like or they didn't enjoy or they didn't get on with you because of something. So try and find that out. Ask them to be open with you and promise that you will not get mad. <laughs> That's the key. Promise that it is constructive and you're just trying to be better. And usually they'll be a bit more open with you. Another way to get information about you as a person is the Myers-Briggs test. And I can't stress this enough. This helped me to understand my personality type. And whilst it's very much about your personality in general, you take your personality to work. You don't leave that at home. Yes, it adjusts a bit. As I said to you earlier, I'm a bit more chilled at home. I'm not as chilled at work. But generally, my personality is the same because it's you. It's who you are. It's your character. That doesn't change. The Myers-Briggs test does help you to understand that. And I would also suggest whenever you take it, take it twice just to make sure that you get the same results at the end. And don't think too much about your answers. As you're going through it, just click, click, click. First answer that comes to mind. Don't overthink the questions. And it gives you some good insight into who you are as a person. And even more importantly, helps you understand how you interact with others and how you react to how others interact with you. Now, that's a bit of a mouthful. But what I'm saying here is you need to understand how you interact with people and how you react to how they interact with you. And that will help you again in your promotion, because at the end of the day, it will serve you so much better on you and you will go so much further if you are in a place of leadership and people actually respond to you, people connect with you. It's not about being liked by everyone. That's not what I'm saying. That's not the message. But it is about being somebody that people can rely on and somebody that people can approach. Okay, so that's self-awareness. Now. There's one more point I want to go to and then we'll wrap up this episode. The other point is confidence. You think back to my story. I said that I was the least paid. Now I deserve to be the most paid. That is confidence. I backed myself, but because I was aware of what I was doing, I wasn't just working, doing a nine to five. And to be honest, nine to five is great. You need hours, you need the contract, but I don't advocate working nine to five. I work until the job is done. That can mean working longer time. That can mean working the shorter time, right? But the, the whole point is that I was able to back myself 100% because I was confident in what I was bringing to the table. Luckily for us, confidence isn't something that everybody's born with. When I was a very young child, I was shy. I was a bit quiet. I wasn't very confident. Not that being shy and quiet doesn't mean you're confident, but I actually wasn't confident. But as I began to build confidence in myself, I got louder, I got a bit more expressive, and then I was able to fit into great roles and make some great friends and build a good network along the way. But the reason I'm I'm talking about confidence is because sometimes the way you behave makes it seem like you're not, but sometimes you're in a situation where you just don't have that confidence. And so either way, you need to work on it. When we talk about this confidence point, I want you to think back to the last thing that you did that express confidence. I don't know what that is, whether you had to do a talk or you had to speak to someone about a difficult subject, whatever it was, it took some confidence for you to go and do. Think back to that. The moment that you lose confidence in doing something, you've shown the level that you are in confidence, right? And so it's all about getting over the next stage, getting to over the next level. When I've been, I've been speaking on platforms for a while now, and before I used to shake get the shakes. I'd sweat and everything because I was afraid. 
you know, of speaking. But I can now speak in front of 2,000 people and not be phased. Yes, I might still be nervous somewhere on the inside, which I think is good. Keeps you on your feet to have a bit of nervousness. But you would never, ever know. What's funny is that I used to think my hand was shaking and people could see it. But when I would ask people and say, hey, like, you know, oh, gosh, my hand's shaking so much. Did you see it? They'd say, no, you didn't show it at all. You showed total confidence. Confidence is so key to your next promotion and your pay rise. Because when you go in to ask for it or when you're being reviewed, you need to be confident in what you're saying, confident in the value that you bring and confident in the level that you are. When I spoke about self-awareness, confidence goes hand in hand. Because once you understand the level that you are and you understand the value that you bring, you then go into the meeting head held high. And you can say, no, that's not right. It should be this. Or yes, you're correct, but I deserve more. And that only comes from a place of confidence. I'm going to encourage you. In fact, I'm going to challenge you. If you think about the last time you exerted confidence, I want you to think about the next time that you're going to take it up a notch. Because confidence comes in levels. When I was confident to speak to five, I said, I'm going to try 10. I spoke to 10. And then I said, I'm going to try 50. And you keep going and going and going. And as your confidence grows, you're really going to see that your pay will grow with it. Promotions will start to come to you. You don't need to ask for them because confidence attracts seniority, attracts management. Even people that maybe your manager or even your manager's manager will look at you and say, do you know what? I can put my confidence in that person. And so with that, I want to conclude episode one. I really enjoyed talking to you about that and being open about my own experiences. I'm really looking forward to having you the next time on episode two and beyond and really understanding the other principles I have to give to you and also the insights from the people that I'll be interviewing. I'll be releasing that information over LinkedIn and updating you on Instagram too. Please like and share this podcast and comment and let me know if there are other topics or other questions that are burning on your heart give me a shout and i'll see what we can do about getting those answers